This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. And i got to give a, a special shout out today on a day where we've got a couple of new listeners. Muhammad, who's 10, Jad, who's 6, Adam, who's 2, and Mum Rana, who we won't disclose her age because she's, uh, she's known us for a while now. So they're, they're actually tuned in on the Halftime Show. It is for all ages, like I said, and we're talking about sports. And speaking about sports, we're talking about Novak Djokovic, who now has to put himself amongst the greats and he's made so many changes like his nutrition, his mindset to be able to accomplish incredible things. So we're speaking about him in the first segment. We're also going to be talking about the Game of Zones review as Zidane puts one past Diego Simeone. We've also got Arab Women's Sports Tournament in Sharjah happening right now and it started yesterday. So if you're not tuned into that, make sure you lock onto that. And the Super Bowl, which is huge worldwide, happening as well yesterday, which had a lot of headlines from who performed to greats being named on the big stage. We've also got things in the Premier League, Italy and Spain. And any questions and answers you have on health and fitness on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is the halftime show. With Omar Paduri on Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international, local. It sure is that time. We've got plenty of stuff to get through today. Now, one of the things I want to talk about is Novak Djokovic. Now, we speak about him on the show quite often when it comes down to the athlete and the mindset of just being at the top of your game. And surely he's got to be up there with the greats now. You know, Djokovic defended his Australian Open crown and won a 17th Grand Slam title after digging deep not just on the physical point but also on the mental point to beat Dominic Team in a gripping five set final now with Team you know getting plenty of support in the in the Rod Laver Arena Djokovic celebrated by putting a finger to his lip to shush some of the crowd then breaking out in a grin before pointing to his box and that took a lot when you normally see and I said this before with Djokovic he he doesn't always get the crowd behind him. And that's something that's very interesting when you try and understand an athlete and how we actually perceive the athlete. He then gave like an emotional winning speech when he talked about the devastating Australian bushfires, world conflicts and the death of American basketball great and his mentor, Kobe Bryant. He said, I would like to say this is a reminder that we should stick together more than ever. And Djokovic said that to the 15,000 people attending in the crowd. He said, stay close to the people who love you. There are more important things in life. And again, I, I have to say, and I don't dislike him. I'm starting to, to I'm, he's growing on me. I'm starting to like the guy. You know, I didn't really know much about him because he doesn't really give much away. And his latest triumph moves him within three of Swiss Roger Federer's all-time leading tally of 20 men's single titles. And he's only two behind Spain's Rafael Nadal, who's won 19. So Djokovic will return to the top of the rankings, replacing Nadal today. Is he the greatest? 
will the fans start to acknowledge him on the same level as the Federer's and the Pete Sampras's out there? Because those guys, especially with Federer, they're very likable. And Djokovic has a lot more to him than what he shows. He's made changes to his his team, his nutrition, his lifestyle, his lifestyle to rectify what he saw was holes in his game. And he's the first man to win a Grand Slam title in three different decades since the Open era began in 1968. But you also got to give it to, his, to the finest as well. Team has, has long been considered one of the young players most likely to end the dominance of Djokovic, Federer and Nadal. And although many expected to come on his favorite clay surface at the French Open, where he has lost the past two finals to Nadal, getting so close but not quite there, you've got to give it to him as well for really putting up a great final against Djokovic. With the men's semi-final split across Thursday and Friday, Tim had only 24 hours less to recover than Djokovic, and we've got to really pinpoint small things when it comes to studying and analyzing the game. It comes down to mental and also physical fatigue. And he almost had six hours more on the court than Djokovic. So that's just to give him a little bit of an insight. But again, we grow and learn from these things. That did not, it wasn't really a major factor when it comes down to his performance, especially the first part of the, the match. However, when team moved one set away from finally getting his hands on the Grand Slam title at the third attempt, it fell short. Now, perhaps ultimately there was an element of fatigue. And like I said, mental as well as physical, Djokovic dug deep and forced team to hit 16 unforced errors in the fifth set. Now, you gotta give credit where credit's due. Djokovic has been there, seen it, done it, and experienced exactly what it feels like to win and lose, especially when you made those changes. And his nutrition, um, his form, his flow of state when it comes down to training and recovering has been top notch throughout the whole um, process of the last, let's say, five to six years, and now he cannot be ignored as one of the greats. And speaking about greats, and one, and young ones who are emerging, 21-year-old American Sofia Kennan beat Spain's Gabriel Muguruza, if I can say that right, on Saturday, uh, as she became the eighth woman uh, to win their first Grand Slam in the past 12 majors. Now, Kennan won... Uh, 4 6 6 2 6 2 in, uh, in, the, in the match and also raced over to her father who is also her coach now I really I like to pinpoint things far beyond uh, just results and one of the things I loved about this story was her father is her coach and doesn't come from a coaching background now what makes Kenin's rise remarkable in the fact her dad has guided her all the way and is a self-taught coach with little background on the actual sport he drove a cab, New York City's iconic yellow cab, before becoming a computer consultant, then took over as her coach when his daughter's career became more serious. Now, famously age seven, she claimed she would be able to return a serve from hard-hitting American Andy Ruddock. Do you remember him, the superstar? Um, then practiced with the likes of champions like McEnroe and Venus Williams and Kim Clijsters. But I love the story of her dad doing what he did, you know? It's it's nice for me to be able to see um, the role and emergence of a father and also, you know, when there's success, it's really nice to see because most of the time we turn around and say, yeah, but they don't have the background and coaches get changed all the time because probably the easiest person to blame is a coach. I love the fact her father played such a role and is also a number one fan. And, uh, and that's something that, you know, full credit, not just to the men, but to the women, 
in tennis and full credit to Kenan for getting the title. Coming up next, guys, in the Game of Zones review, as Zidane gets one up on Simeone and Real Madrid dominate Atletico Madrid on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show. And if you're just tuning in, where you been? What is your excuse for not tuning in the Halftime Show? I know Maria's tuning into the Halftime Show and I love her for that. A shout out to my wife, Maria, who's tuned in. But guys, don't worry. If you have missed the first part of the show and you do want to catch up on any of our shows, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud Music and Commercial Free. Just type in the Halftime Show with Omar Duri and we are there. We've got some amazing guests covering some incredible topics in the world of sport, health, and fitness and make sure you share that as well you know share the love that's what we like to see here and speaking about love Zinedine Zidane we spoke about him on the preview for Game of Zones and you know what now for some people this is how this is my thought on it for some people they might think that it was a boring game because it was 1-0 and the rest of the for the people who love their football and probably study the game like I do um, it was Probably a master tactical display from Real Madrid, who didn't get it right at first, and the game changed at halftime with two substitutions against a very well-organized draw side in Atletico Madrid. The decision to ditch a failing system and revert to a 4-3-3 with Vinicius Jr. and Lucas Vasquez coming on for Isco and Tony Cruz, who are big players by the way and huge personalities, was both was both brave and effective. And as a coach, when these things go wrong, you're the first one to be blamed. And you set out to really take a risk like that, which hats off to Zidane. He's gotta be he's gotta be looking at decisions like that which make or break the game, and it definitely made the game. And you gotta also think about Real's form has been impressive, and they haven't even had Eden Hazard, and he's been out since November. And on the brink of a return, perhaps on Thursday in the Copa del Rey quarterfinals against Real Sociedad, Gareth Bale's absence was not related to fitness. The Welshman was left out of the squad despite training for most of the week after an ankle injury. So the decisions you make as a coach goes very, very um, far down on the on the physical aspect, but also the mental aspect and how these players fit in your team. So a lot of credit has to, has to go down to Zidane because Diego Simeone is looked at as one of the most tactical coaches out there with the players that he has. And he's challenged Barcelona and Real Madrid for years the strong Argentinian personality has been seen as someone that has really got the best out of his players but Zidane tactically I think that was a masterclass and it was 65% possession with 16 shots to 4 from Real Madrid does Zidane finally get put up there with the best coaches and what does he need to do to match the best coaches in the world we're talking about Jurgen Klopp we're talking about Mourinho we're talking about Pep Guardiola Dan doesn't really get a mention there, maybe because he's still fresh on the scene, even though he's been coaching for the last, what, eight to ten years? It's Zidane's side are now unbeaten in 21 games and have won eight in a row, including a penalty shootout success over Atletico Madrid in the Spanish Super Cup, which, if you remember, was held in Saudi as well, in Saudi Arabia. So, 
Text us on 4215. Does Zidane finally get to be put up there with the best coaches in the world with what he's done at Real Madrid? Or does he have to go to another club, probably in England um, or even in Italy, to be able to establish himself as one of the best out there? I want to hear from you guys. And if you want, slide into the DMs also at Omar Durio Pulse 95 Radio. And let me know, does Zidane get put up alongside the best coaches in the world? And speaking about coaches of the world, we do a roundup of the world trip to see what's happening from the Super Bowl to the Sharjah Women's Tournament on the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. You're You're listening listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Panduri on Pulse95. Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, covering everything sport, international, local. Shout out to Sama and Khan who just jumped in on the Instagram at Omar Duri and Pulse95 Radio and sending us all their best wishes across the world in Sudan and also in the UK. Thank you so much for showing love on the Halftime Show. And as mentioned plenty happening in Sharjah and what a way to kick it off on Sunday the 2nd of February as I told you the Arab Women's Sports Tournament kicked off and Her Highness Sheikha Jawahar bint Muhammad Al Qasimi wife of His Highness the ruler of Sharjah and chairperson of Sharjah Women's Sports witnessed the opening ceremony of the 5th edition of Arab Women's Sports Tournament and what a way to kick off a great tournament a record number of 78 clubs from 18 Arab countries have participated in the AWST 2020. The tournament is organized by Sharjah Women's Sports and runs until February the 12th. So if you get a chance, head down, check it out. Incredible initiative and also promoting women's sport across the whole world of the Arab world. Media sports personality Mustafa Al-Agha was the official host of this uh, opening ceremony, which took place at the Sharjah Sports Club. But that wasn't the only thing. They go big here in Sharjah, I tell you now, because Emirati singer Hassan Jasmi performed uh, uh, the anthem Arab Woman, highlighting the growing status of Arab women sports and lords Sharjah's role as an incubator for female athletes. The Arab Women Sports Tournament's nine categories in sports is shooting, basketball, volleyball, table tennis, athletics, show jumping, fencing, archery and karate and that is wicked i can't wait to see what's going to come out of that because there's a lot of talent here in the uae and there's a lot of talent in the arab world that needs to be showcased and what a better way than doing it here in sharjah um through pulse 95 we commend you all and we hope it's an incredible tournament i'm sure it will be because the numbers have increased as a, a good friend of mine safe told me earlier the numbers have increased immensely over the last two years and it happens every two years now so it shows the growth that's happening in Sharjah but what what else is happening in the world well for those that may know there's the Super Bowl the Kansas City Chiefs won their first championship in half a century after defeating the San Francisco 49ers 31 to 20 at Super Bowl in Miami Gardens Florida on Sunday so so much happening on Sunday everyone loves a comeback right and a comeback story comes every now and then when you watch it in the movies and you don't think it's going to happen. But this definitely did not disappoint the fans. Patrick Mahomes produced a staggering fourth, uh, fourth quarter performance to guide Kansas City Chiefs to the first Super Bowl win in 50 years. And they came from 10 points behind to stun the San Francisco. Now, quarterback Mahomes, 24, has endured a difficult evening under pounding pressure of the 49ers. And it looked 
set to miss out on the big prize. But that wasn't what happened in the end. What happened in the end was, you know, Mahomes definitely has a, a personality um, in the game. But then with the side 2010 down heading into the fourth quarter, last year's MVP found two superb throws on third down to continue a season of comebacks as the Chiefs scored 21 unanswered points in four minutes and 57 seconds to take home the Vince Lombardi trophy. Now, performances at the Super Bowl are life-changing, but that's not only on the pitch. That's also what happens at halftime, what happens with the national anthem, and they went a little bit big this year as well. You know, they went for Shakira and J-Lo to entertain the fans and they performed to put on a show for all those watching. But one of the things I really liked about the story of the Super Bowl was Demi Lovato. You know, you hear about this um, 10-year challenge. I think she definitely wins a 10-year challenge. I'll tell you why. She, um, she, po- she tweeted 10 years ago saying it was a dream to sing at the national anthem on the day of the Super Bowl. And she made that happen. So you gotta, you got to give hats off to Demi Lovato for that um, because she made it happen after such a long time. You know, we often dream about being part of something and she made it happen. Um, so she was also someone that was very proud and a winner on the day. Um, but text us on 4215. How many of you guys follow the Super Bowl on this side of the world? And I say that because when I was out in the US and I wanted to watch football, I had to be up at 5 in the morning. Uh, 6, 7 a.m. But what was weird is all the games would be over by midday. So I wonder how strong the fans are when it comes down to staying up to watch live fights. We often we often see that with like mixed martial arts or boxing when it comes to like live live fights, live matches or whatever. But in the US, when you're on this side of the world and you and you follow American football like religiously and you really really support your team. How many of you guys out there watch it live so you don't get the score ruined <laughs> by checking social media? Come on, let's own up now. I know I'm definitely one of those people when it comes to mixed martial arts and especially the sports world. Um, but you lot, text us and let us know on 4215 or slide into our DMs at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio on the Instagram. And shout out to uh, Hamad and, uh, and Rahim who've just jumped in on the room as well, showing love as usual. Um, But coming up next, guys, we answer your questions and take a look at what happened in the Premier League, La Liga and Syria as headlines are made from Mourinho, VAR, Lukaku and Liverpool on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show. Back again, as troops would say. And uh, Dodi, don't worry. I know you just tuned in now, but it's okay. I'll let you off, man. You're a regular regular listener. Um, but one of our regular listeners also, Hamad, was bringing up a good point following our segment earlier on the Game of Zones review with Zinedine Zidane getting one over Diego Simeone. Now, I asked the question, does Zidane deserve to be in the conversation as the elite of coaches around the world. Now, when we think of elite coaches, we think of Klopp, Guardiola, Mourinho, 
But Zidane doesn't really get a mention in there because they say he's at Madrid and the first time was a fluke and he came back and changed it. And Hamad seems to think that, you know what, keep him there. Don't try and promote him to anyone else because we're happy with him in the best team in the world, in Hamad's words. Now, Barca fans, don't jump on me for that. What I was saying was, with Zidane, the way he has proved himself tactically, does he break the stigma of great players do not make great coaches? Now, he was one of the best to ever play but somehow he seems to get the right tune out of the team he has. And he hasn't had, he hasn't inherited a good team when he came back because people said that, you know, there was a huge um, downfall following Cristiano Ronaldo's, you know, departure. And speaking of Cristiano Ronaldo's departure, he has been making some incredible noises in Italy. He's now scored in nine successive Serie A games for Juventus, becoming the first player to do so since David Trezeguet in December 2005. He also scored 50 goals in just 70 appearances since joining the Italian Giants in 2018. you got to give the guy some credit. Um, speaking about credit, Romelu Lukaku, United fans, turn away now. Scored twice as Inter Milan won at Udinese to maintain the pressure on Juventus at the top of Serie A. Inter remained second in the table, just three points behind Juve, who beat Fiorentina on Sunday. Christian Eriksen, Ashley Young and on-loan Chelsea winger Victor Moses made their league debuts for the Missouri. In England, Mourinho is never away from the speculation. So with Mourinho, he managed to pull one over over his rival Pep Guardiola with Steven Bergwin marking his debut with a superb volley as Tottenham won a bad-tempered Premier League affair with 10-man Manchester City to boost their top four hopes. Now, for those that watch the game, I think we need to we need to call VAR something. VAR FC, VAR United. It's not really United, so VAR Ununited. I think VAR Ununited is taking over the headlines again because Sterling um, was in the news again following a penalty he wasn't given. Uh, and if he wasn't given that, it would have been a second yellow card which would have had him sent off. He also had a poor challenge against Deli Ali, which was unreal, a leg breaker, which the referee overruled due to VAR. Now, saying that, Zinchenko had ran across the field about 50 yards just to tell the referee he was wrong and got his first yellow and then got a second yellow at a crucial time in the game where, for an hour, let's face it, Manchester City dominated with possession. But I always say, possession without purpose is pointless. Wow, you need to quote me on that. Possession without purpose is pointless because unless they're using that possession to penetrate the defense, they're not going to go far. And that was exactly what happened on the day. And Tottenham, to be fair, with the players they had and the coach they have, you know, managed the game very professionally and deserved something out of the game. Maybe not a win, but surely now Liverpool and Liverpool fans are celebrating a title finally. But that's not just it, folks. They're in the Champions League as well. So a lot of things going that way in terms of what happens next in the Premier League. And guys, we are reaching that time. And I'm sad to say it. It's full time on the Halftime Show. Guys, remember you can catch us every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday, 3 to 4 on the only place to be at 3, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. Have fun, folks. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.